Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. And we'll be doing things just like that. In fact, we'll be taking a vintage car ride through the French Riviera this summer. And we'll be truffle hunting in Florence in the fall, to name just a few of the experiences so that I can give you a feel for it. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly, I am packing for Saint-Tropez, Murgatroyd. How are you? I think that's my favorite name yet. You like that one the best, huh? I do like that one. That one's pretty awesome. And I am packing. I'm not packing for San Bay. I'm packing to like bounce the heck out of here. Can we get real here for just a second? And um, oh, I prefer fake. Let everybody know how difficult this has been to actually sit down together to record this podcast based on our schedule. You know, we've been talking about you know, for months, how we are packing up and moving and, and now, you know, every week, um, more things disappear into boxes, more (laughs) things disappear into boxes and the stress, the stress goes up, doesn't it? Well, here's, what's really interesting. I had a friend over the other day and she was like, you and Rob are so good about, you know, giving each other grace. And, you know, she mentioned she saw your, um, never ending supply of hair products. And she was laughing and I was like, yeah, he, he was encroaching, you know, with the 17 hair products it takes to put that thing together. And I was telling her- Did you just call it that thing? It is. It's a thing all on its own. It's not hair. It's, it's not a wig, but it is, it's its own entity. I think we should call Lloyd's of London on this one for that. To insure it? To insure it, yeah. But uh, we were talking about it and she was like, you guys, it's so good that you you don't get mad at him for like encroaching. You make a joke out of it. You guys got a good relationship. And that's all, you know, good and fine until, you know, you really squeeze a lemon. And then you're putting on this Monaco mastermind and you're getting down to the wire and you're getting all jacked up. And the baby who's not a baby is home more and she wants all of our attention. 
and I need to pack and you need to do this and I need to do that. And the tension gets high. But what I'm really proud of with us is like yesterday, yesterday was a shit show. Yesterday was a lot of anxious anxiety and sourpuss faces in our house. And last night we talked about it. We worked it out. We realized that we want to spend the next two and a half weeks enjoying each other and enjoying this process and not being a-holes just because we're busy. It's really easy to go into the default of I'm busy, get the F out of my way. I'm still stuck on puss. Why Why is it called <laughs> sour puss? Because the sour part, I understand, right? You, so you have a sour face, yeah. right? But, but the puss, holding it there for just a moment, the puss <laughs> is indicative of a person's face. So, can, I, can, can I tell everybody a game that we play sure. sometimes? I, I think I know the game. Yeah, this is a really funny game. Whenever we see, you know, the pussy willow plant. (laughs) She said pussy. (laughs) You know, the pussy willow plant. This is going to be, by the way, how 14 years old our brains are. Okay. This is, this is like real adult right here, but I don't listen to this with your kids in the car. Warning right now. Ready? I'm going to give you a second to shut it off. All right. Good. So if there's a pussy willow plant nearby, (laughs) he can't even, he can't even sit there with a straight face. It's so funny how you can say pussy willow and no one has an issue except apparently my husband. But if you draw that word out a little bit- Separate it, if you will. Separate it, if you will. So we'll see a plant with the little furry things on it and Rob will go, oh, that's a really nice- Oh, okay. No, you have to do it like this. Oh, look, honey, in the hotel room, they have some pussy- Willow here. <laughs> okay. Just the, the, that two second of separation is what makes it's everything. It's like an extra long hyphen, if you will. Well, like that's how we're, well you listen know. for the extra long intro here today, honey. And I'm going to make it even longer because I just have to say something last, um, I don't know when this is airing. So last week, week before, you know, when I basically cried in our podcast about blurring my edges and losing my sparkle, whatever you want to call it. I had so much reach out from this amazing audience that listens and just supportive, kind people that related to it. And I just want to thank everyone that sent me a message because it was really kind. Don't worry, I'm not jumping off any ledges. I'm good. I just really, it was a vulnerable moment and it was a a good lesson for me. And I just really appreciate every single comment and reach out that I got. So thank you. You're welcome. Oh, okay. Was that my dog? <laughs> do you guys do you guys do dog voices for your dog like we do in our house? Well, honey, what are we talking about today? Oh, this is a good one. This is a really good one. And I'm going to start with this. Your journey won't begin at the peak. Okay. So if you think about climbing a mountain, where do you start? You start at the bottom, right? And then you go to the top, right? The I, I often try and helicopter to the top, but I understand your point. Well, guess what? Your journey will not begin at the top. Right, because you because then you didn't actually earn any of it. You just took a helicopter, yeah, right? Yeah, and then what are you going to do? when you if, if you helicoptered to the top, then what happens? You just roll down the other side. No, I go into the, um, the place where they have uh, champagne at the top. <laughs> you go into the cocktail. <laughs> yeah. All right, good. So, you know, I was thinking about this because... There's a lot of people, you know, now that are really wanting to 
branch out of their traditional nine to five or whatever they're currently doing into a virtual style business, whatever that is for them. They want to inspire people. They want to bring their passion into it. They want to build some sort of online programming, some online presence, influencer style. And I'm seeing a lot of people that are, you know, really reaching for this goal, which I think is an amazing goal. But what I'm seeing a lot of is people will get somebody like, let's say a Lori Harder, who is absolutely amazing. And we've known for the better part of a decade. People are looking at where she is right now. Okay. So right now she has the Bliss Project. She's doing TED Talks. She's talking about mindset and strategy and you know, inner healing and all of these things and spirituality and she's all of that. And people are trying to mimic that. They're going, oh, well, I like all those things and I'm going to do those things. So that's what I'm going to talk about. And they're talking about all of these things and they're kind of all over the place because they think if they do what Lori is doing now, that they're going to get the result that Lori gets. And that's not going to happen. So this is what I mean about you're not going to start your journey at the peak. So what they're not doing is rewinding the clock and going back 10 years and seeing where she started and taking the path that she took. Lori initially was known for one thing. She was known. She was big in the fitness world. She was a fitness model. She was a cover girl. She had a fitness program. She was doing online fitness videos. She wrote a cookbook. That's where she was known for that one thing. And then as she grew over literally 10 years, she branched out into different areas and started to like influence her passions. But she already had that base, that super successful base. And you know, I know I'm talking a lot, Rob, so I know you're writing down notes over there and I'm gonna shut up in just a second. But Shalene Johnson just did a private team training for our network marketing team. She was amazing. And she talked about being known initially, pick a lane that you're good at. Pick the lane you want to be known for initially. What is going to be the easiest thing? And she said herself, she knew the easiest thing for herself to be known for was fitness. Shalene Johnson. She was like, I knew I could walk in, I could do fitness. It wasn't like my biggest passion, but it was what I knew I would be incredibly known for. And I did love it. And then she branched out into marketing and Instagram impact and all of these other things later down the road, but it wasn't the thing she built the foundation and got known for. So I just think that that's missing right now. I think other than Shalene, I don't hear a whole lot of people teaching that. And I think people are really scattered. So that was it. That was there's my a, thought bubble. Yeah, there's a, there's a book that I'm reading now uh, called uh, Thinking Fast and Slow by a guy named Daniel Kahneman. He won one of the, one of the Nobel Prizes. Thinking Fast and Slow? Thinking, I, I just checked it, yeah. Thinking Fast and Slow. And it's a fantastic book, but I think it's, it's appropriate here for the following reasons. You know, Malcolm Gladwell in his book, not, he, he calls it thin slicing in his book. I can't think of the name of Malcolm Gladwell's book, but you'll, you can Google it and find it. So it's kind of the same concept uh, called thin slicing, but basically over, so let me tell you first, let me tell you a quick story first and then I'll, then I'll explain it and then I'll back it up to what you just talked about. So in the book, he talked about how a fireman goes into a, uh, a burning house and out of seemingly nowhere says to his entire crew, 
get out, get out, get out. You got to get out now. And they get out and all of a sudden the floor collapsed and everybody would have died had he not said that. Then they asked him, all of his fire people, uh, what are they called? Firemen. <laughs> fire people. <laughs> fire people. Okay. Well, I'm trying to be gender. That was like gender I'm being, neutral. I'm being gender neutral. Oh yeah. Um, his fire people said, how did you, how did you know that we needed to leave? And he said, I don't know. My ears were hotter than they should have been. The floor under my feet felt hotter. And then when they did the research, the, you know, the arson investigation they found, or the fire investigation, whatever it's called, uh, they found that the fire was actually in the basement. Now, how did he, how was he able to do that? He was able to do that because as a fire chief, he has been on thousands of calls and his brain has evaluated thousands of situations that are deep in his unconscious. They're not even available in this conscious thought. It's deep in, in his unconscious. And he was able to listen to his intuition because you know that feeling you get when you like meet somebody or you hear somebody's voice or you watch something on TV and it's like something doesn't feel right. Well, that's what he got. That something doesn't feel right is not woo-woo. It's in your subconscious, but it's only in your subconscious because because it's just a survival mechanism. You've seen things a thousand different ways. Okay, so circling back to the point that you just mentioned with Lori, you can look at Lori and you can see, you know, an Instagram post of a story that she told or, you know, a post that she wrote. And you'll see she's got like 25,000 people that are commenting and liking and all of those things. And you're saying, okay, well, you know, I'm going to do what Lori does and I'm going to try and get that result. What you're not seeing is the thousands of fires that she's been to, to use the metaphor of the fire chief. You're not seeing the hopeless and sleepless nights and the pain trying to figure out how she's going to pay her mortgage or all of the other stories that she's publicly shared that she's been through. And so what she's bringing to that post is thousands and thousands of situations and, and experiences so that she can authentically speak to the pain. And so sometimes, you know, you look at a post, maybe to use that example, where she talks about, you know, having huge economic issues. And then, you know, you see, you know, her living in a, in a beautiful home in Southern California with expensive cars and trips and things like that. And you make the assumption, well, if I write this post and I wear her outfit and I say words like this, I'm going to get that result. What you're not seeing is all of the other things that led to that situation. And it, it reminds me of, you know, you just came back from your mastermind, right? Mm -hmm. And we were- Not my mastermind, Chris Harder's Chris mastermind. Hard, I'm sorry, yeah, um, the mastermind you went to. So Chris Harder's for the love of money mastermind. And, you know, Chris had made a comment in one of your breakout groups that, you know, you have what, 7,000 followers-ish on Instagram, maybe eight now. And it's been a slow grow you know, relatively new podcast and that you have completely sold out your mastermind with some really amazing, amazing, like 20 incredible people and that you're an outlier for that. You're an anomaly for that. And, you know, when you had repeated that to me, the first thing in my head was, well, but you're not really an outlier because what no one's accounting for, they're looking and going, okay, so we just started a podcast. He... Like it, exactly this. So if somebody looks at your success with the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast and Mastermind, right? And they go, well, I'm just going to start a podcast or I'm just going to start a Mastermind. I mean, Rob filled his and he's only got a few thousand followers and he just started. I'm going to fill it. Why not? Okay, go ahead. But here's what you're not accounting for. In 2005, we launched a business called Jet Set Life. 
We wrote 20 guidebooks. We did 20 travel shows. I remember when you came home one day and you said, Kim, there's this brand new thing called podcast. I think we should do one. And we have had a podcast pretty much between 2006 and in the time Sophia was born. Well, this actually goes back to when YouTube first came out. I remember coming home saying there's a thing that somebody from Google just bought this company called YouTube for a billion dollars. What the hell is that? Yeah. And you know, we, our travel videos on YouTube have, we have over 3 million views and we haven't shot a travel video since like 2011. So, or 2010. Uh, So that's not too bad right there. But, you know, my point is all of the connections and the people and the following that we had before social media even existed, all of that, when we had all of that back in the day, and then once Sophia was born, we kind of fell off the planet for four years, that all came back around because, you know, a lot of the people doing your mastermind, if we, it's like six degrees of separation to Jet Set Life, you know? Chris and Lori talk about how they used to watch our videos and, you know, talk about traveling with us someday when we weren't that close of friends. You know, other people in your mastermind, I won't say their names, were part of our Jet Set Body program when we did that or listening to our podcast and, you know, friends with Lewis Howes who we met during that time period because he was just starting his LinkedIn stuff. Like all of the work that you did back 10 years ago, is what's responsible for your success today. One, two, the way you're able to put these trips together is because we made connections all around the world for over a decade. And so your Boston trip was mostly designed using our connections from our Jets at Life days. Monaco, Jets at Life days. Like all of these things are in place. Italy coming up is the first hotels in Italy that we worked with were the JK Place and we're working with them again. Like this is all stemming from the work that we started in 2006. So you are like the 10-year overnight success. Yeah, you know, you're, you're making me think of something that I hadn't thought about before. And that is that... You know, when you're when you're doing something that's high ticket item like a mastermind, and not only just high ticket, not only just high ticket, but actually, you know, taking somebody on vacation with you. There's a, you know, there's a huge gap. Like if somebody said to me, you know, tomorrow, hey, I'm going to, you know, Monaco. Do you want to come? I have fifteen thousand different questions that I'd want to ask that person, and then I still would have some reservations. But what I realized is, you're right. During that time period we develop deep relationships and those deep relationships are people that began to like and trust us that we developed relationships with over the years. So, you know, if you get, you know, if you get a handful of people like, you know, Chris and Lori Harder or Darren and Tony White, and he's, he was my first podcast. If you want to learn more about him, he's number one on this uh, feed and, you know, a few other people, those people are people with great reputations. And those are people that trusted us deeply. And so what is starting to happen is that 
initial work that we did 10 years ago with those initial people who liked and trusted us, the next wave of the friends of the friends of those people are wanting to come onto the mastermind. And not only is that happening, but they're not even questioning it because they can see the group of people that's in the masterminds. And so what's happening is they're starting to say, oh, well, if that person is there and that person is there, then I want to be there too. And none of this would have happened if we didn't have this, those 10 years under our belts, creating those relationships, creating that like and trust, which would allow the other people to come in without many questions. So here's the thing. Okay, so for people sitting there right now, maybe with an idea, and I, wow, I don't even know what I said there. An idea you live, that You is, live in the South. Apparently, an idea that is floundering around. Like Jet Set Life probably made us, uh, I don't know, six figures-ish at its peak. Like it was never enough to retire Rob from practice. Let me just say that because he was still practicing as a chiropractor. So I remember these long drives to the office, 45 minutes each way, Rob going, I just don't know what to do with it. It's such an aspirational market. We have a lot of followers and I don't mean social media followers because remember social media didn't even exist. It was like YouTube and just, I mean, we used to get letters in the mail. That's how old this was, right? So we had a lot of people following us. We would go to places and someone would always come over and recognize us. And it was always bizarre. You know, oh, you're the Jet Set Life people. Like we had a presence in, in we were everywhere, it seemed like during that time period, but we were not that financially successful. And so it was when you're looking at how much bandwidth and how much time you have in your day, and you're looking at the success of this company, it wasn't that great. So I remember these drives to the office and Rob would be like, I can't continue to do this and put all of this energy and effort and you know money and all of this stuff out if we're not going to have a return on this investment. This isn't worth it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we had a lot of these conversations. And I remember going, what if there's a bigger picture? There's something bigger out there for us. I don't know what it is. Like I felt in my gut that Jet Set Life was a thing that was... I didn't know what, why it was there, but it was, an, it was something that was necessary in our life. And then you came home from Chris's mastermind and Jay Shetty was there. And Jay talked about, I think it was Jay Shetty that you told me, uh, talked about there are gonna be things in your life that happen and they may be good things, they may be bad things, but what did you say about that, that you shouldn't be attached to? Yeah, he said, don't judge the moments. He said, you know, if you, if you have a situation in your life where, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, I want to have this, you know, I want to have this thing happen and it just doesn't happen. But then three months later, you look back and you're like, oh my God, I'm glad it didn't happen. Or the reverse happens where you wake up and you're like, I want this thing to happen. And then it does happen. And then three months later you go, shit, I wish it never happened. So be very, very careful. Or you're like, oh, now I understand why that happened. Yeah. Be very, very careful not to judge every single moment. That was a, that was a big win for me because it's so easy because we don't, you know, it, it's like, I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of like with kids, you know, it's like you look at a kid and you, you don't give the kid the candy, you know, that, uh, that he or she wants and they just start screaming and, and going crazy. But, you know, as a parent, you know, that that kid's going to make them sick because they had too much to eat or whatever the circumstances are. But the, the four-year-old judges the moment, right? Like, give me my damn cake. And I think some of that happens in our life too, where we're just, whatever situation we're in, we're like, I can't believe that didn't happen or I can't believe that did happen or, you know, whatever. So, tr- you know, try not to judge it. So my, my point in this is 
back in the Jet Set Life days, when it was not successful, we were heavily judging the moment. Yep. But what we didn't realize is all of the connections we made, all of the people that we reached, all of that has led us to this point and allowed you to walk into work hard, play hard, walk into filling a mastermind. I'm going to say 80% because you laid that foundation previously with Jet Set Life. And so without Jet Set Life, you wouldn't have this. So to wrap this in a bow for you, you know, you might be sitting there going, oh, I don't want to wait 10 years to be successful. Yeah. 10 years ago, we didn't want to wait 10 years either. But guess what? If you start taking the action now, there's going to be wins along the way. And if you don't judge the moments, everything is going to lead you to the next thing. If you trust your gut, you trust your intuition, you take the next step, you don't let the fear stop you. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Start with the one thing. What is the one thing you want to be known for? You don't have to be known for recipes and mindset and exercise and fashion. And you can't be known for everything. So what's the one thing that you can make a splash and you can make a name in and then branch out and then see where that takes you? And you will make money, you will make connections, you will learn lessons along the way. And yeah, your massive success might take 10 years. Take it from two people. (laughs) We got together in, when did we start dating? 2004? Mm -hmm. We've been together for 15 years. And we have been talking about California for 15 years and we're finally doing it. Do you think I'm upset that 15 years ago, we didn't start trying to come up with a plan to get there? I'm happy as, I I would say happy as a clam, but I still don't think they've done (laughs) surveys on that. Um, Oh, don't be a sourpuss. (laughs) But I mean, you know, when people look and they're like, I don't want to wait 15 years for success. Yeah, no one does. But you know what? If it takes five years, 10 years, 15 years to get your dream. It's a hell of a lot quicker than never. So the, the, the lesson may seem a little convoluted to you that we're trying to get across. And I'm, we're not trying to go through, you know, our history for the benefit of, you know, just sharing our history with you. I think the lesson that's important in the end here is to, is to recognize that if you have something that you want and it isn't coming fast enough, sometimes you just, you know, to borrow a phrase from Mal- Malcolm Gladwell, sometimes you just need to put your 10,000 hours in to, uh, to reference what we just shared. Sometimes you need to put your 10 years in. So the, the point is that it is very, very easy for us to have FOMO when we scroll Instagram for, you know, whomever looks like they are living the life that we want to live or whoever is having their level of success and understand that, in some cases, when the, the bigger the success they have, um, the longer the journey. The longer the journey, and I'll tell you this too: I wouldn't have been prepared to do a mastermind ten years ago. I wouldn't have been prepared to do it in the way that I'm doing it now. So, you know, some of the benefit, you know, some of the hindsight is 2020 here. So, I hope that helps. Kim, do you have any parting words? I just my parting words are: stay true to yourself. If you are looking at the success of other people and wanting what they have now, then you've got to be do, willing to do what they did to get there, not what they're doing currently. Love that. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or 
their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.